everyone. Welcome to episode 90 of Vague Zone. I'm one of your hosts, Thomas. And I am your other host, Daniel. Welcome back, everyone. And today we are continuing our journey through the Muppet franchise with the detour I chose because mm-hmm. I'm going to say this, I chose a really crazy movie. Uh, so, Daniel, would you like to read us the IMDb synopsis for our movie today, The Happy Time Murders? Sure. When the puppet cast of a 90s children TV show began to get murdered one by one, a disgraced LAPD detective turned private eye puppet takes on the case (laughs) yes um sure so you say you're a sadist (laughs) but i'm wondering if you're a masochist Uh, (laughs) um however i don't know we'll start with your thoughts i guess what did you think of the happy time murders well i'll tell you why it shows this working our way through the henson movies these uh, muppet movies we started with like these these really nice quaint like movies with a lot of heart in them and as we sort of progressed you know these movies get they sort of changed a little bit they got really big with like the Muppets Christmas Carol or uh, Treasure Island we saw some weird stuff with Meet the Feebles and yeah this is like the most like recent mainstream Muppet movie to come out and if you go to the Jim Henson Company's Wikipedia page it starts off nice with you know Kermit and Jim Henson and Frank Oz at the top but by the time you scroll down to the very, very bottom, you will get to the Happy Time Murders, which yeah. is still under a banner of uh, Henson Associates, which is like their, like, or no, Henson Alternative. Henson. Yeah, Henson Alternative, which is like this, their banner for like more adult-themed puppet movies, which I, I guess that's sort of a thing that was needed. So, I don't know. When this movie came out, came out around the time of like Deadpool 2, was I think the trailer of this was attached to Deadpool 2. And so, I don't know, just... When it came out, it just seemed so dumb, and I was so I was not really into the Muppets at that point in time. And so, seeing this trailer, or sorry, seeing the trailer for this movie just really turned me off and made me. It, just, it seemed dumb. It seemed absurd. It seemed crass. It seemed stupid. There's also like Avenue Q was popular in the 2010s as well, and that was another like dirty kind of puppet, uh, like a Broadway off Broadway show. And so, like, Dirty Puppets isn't, wasn't, like, an appealing thing. But as we made our way through this franchise, I couldn't help but choose it because I felt like it would be worth kind of just seeing what this was about and seeing if it was as awful as people said it was or, you know, if there's any redeeming qualities to this. And I was, like, pleasantly surprised. There's more substance to this than what I anticipated. I laughed a lot more than I thought I was going to be laughing while watching this movie. Um, I would say... Uh, a little bit of THC doesn't hurt. It definitely helps elevate uh, what's going on when you have uh, puppets fucking and just being just very uh, disturbing in general. But yeah, I don't know. I was surprised. I like that it's like a, a hard-boiled noir kind of like sort of like a paint-by-numbers noir story. But I still enjoyed it. The fact that we have our characters going through this underground puppet world. I appreciate the the notes on like racism that are going on where like puppets are being discriminated very openly by people. They're being barked at by dogs at the bus stop and just being like, they're like uh, clearly a lower class of citizens. And I don't know, there's just so many good jokes within that, that I think that helps sort of elevate it beyond just being a, a crass movie. I think I do enjoy this a little bit more than meet the feebles, but not by a, like, a lot. I think there's still, they're both like pretty gross movies with pretty like fucked up senses of humor. Uh, I think Meet the Feebles gets way more creative with way more fucked up too. <laughs> with, way more fucked up and with creative with their what they're doing. But I think here I appreciate the the celebrity cameos. I appreciate the the noir story, and I don't know. I sort of found myself liking this a lot more than I thought. So I, I enjoyed it. What did you think about this? Movie? Um, I didn't think it was okay. So I went into this thing; it was going to be terrible. Uh, and yeah. it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, I think this is, I, I don't even want to say it's, uh, <laughs> like, I don't even want to, <laughs> I don't know if I want to say it's bad. Um, I don't think it's good. I think it's a pretty mediocre movie. I yeah. think you have a pretty simple and enjoyable, um, you know, detective story here. Um, and I think it needs the flourish of comedy to make it work uh, to make it something more than that um and i think the comedy here is a bit of a mixed bag there's nothing there's no there are no jokes in this movie that are so bad that they're like offensively bad um i do think well okay i it it is a little offensive that this movie ends on a asshole says what joke (laughs) when it's like wayne's world did that shit 25 years before this uh and it's already like played out (laughs) Um, yeah yeah um but 
like there weren't any jokes in this movie where I was uh, actually no. Now I'm thinking of all these jokes. Where I'm yeah, like, yeah, no, oh, yeah. This is pretty bad. This is pretty dumb. Um, like why is that the joke? The the Maya Rudolph thing with the banana where she asked for a banana, and it's yeah, like, yeah. Why is this a joke? <laughs> um, yeah, but that's so like that. Yeah, some of like the human stuff is a little on the weaker side. But I think like, all the puppet stuff is is solid. Or yeah, it feels yeah. like it's it's giving it this uh, hue of uh, humor, but it's not it's not clever. And I yeah, know yeah. from so this movie ends with um, I'm not spoiling anything. Like who, and he, also, who cares? <laughs> it's the Happy Time Murders. <laughs> I mean, uh, if you want to pause here, you can pause. And well, then... <laughs> I'm just gonna talk, I'm about, I'm gonna talk about the closing credits. So it okay, shows yes, you some yes. of the behind the scenes stuff during the closing credits. And it's very clear that they were incorporating improvisation into this. And so I think maybe that's where some of this stuff went wrong. It's like I don't. Sometimes improv, you know, it brings out wonderful moments in movies. But I think a lot of comedies, they especially recent comedies, tend to rely on it too much. Um, I love a scripted joke. I love setup and payoff. Yeah, um, yeah. Payoff is important. And uh, when you're just improvising, making jokes in the moment, you know, you can laugh in the moment, but there's no, there's less uh, brilliance, I feel like. Um, I love, a, I love craftsmanship. Um, yeah, you it can have, kind of yeah. devolve a little bit. You got to have really good improvisers if you're going to, if you're going to sell me on improv in a movie. Um but yeah, like I said, like this movie wasn't without like it wasn't without its jokes that did make me laugh. There was there was some decent stuff here, and I think uh, you know, as its own little detective story, it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I wasn't I I I didn't hate this movie, and I also was under the influence of THC. So maybe that did help. <laughs> a little THC. So I have to ask, um, as far as like jokes coming from the puppets or are there any gags or things that like stick out to you that you appreciate it um i was keeping <coughs> things i there's a moment where um the character connie is it connie that the character's name yeah melissa mccarthy's character um she's we established that she has a puppet liver she is not all human she's yeah. not all puppet <laughs> um and she has an addiction to sugar which is a thing that puppets develop there's a scene where she's snorting some sugar off of a mirror and she's disgusted by it and then we just cut to a, a puppet saying i peed on that mirror <laughs> and i liked that because it was so strange yeah <laughs> like this character did not was not a part of the scene beforehand uh yeah um yeah once <laughs> yeah. i was gonna say one thing about the whole like uh, her having a puppet liver, I think I was like made a connection. I was like, is that why she's so easily addicted to this like uh, drug substance or uh, or the sorry? So the the puppets get high off of sugar. So I was like, is that why she's so susceptible to being the one that gets addicted because she's like has this puppet liver? I, yeah. I thought that was a connection there. Yeah, I think that that was it. Um, and it okay. also wouldn't kill her, uh, yeah, which yeah. they established earlier. It would normally a person would go into a diabetic shock snorting yeah. of sugar. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that, I appreciated that and how that sort of worked together. I do think there is a cleverness in having our rabbit character, uh, you know, jizzing glitter and laying Easter eggs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I love I like the joke of a cop saying, "I found the murder weapon," and he's just holding a dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, there were things in here that made me laugh. Um, I think Joel McHale is sort of wasted in this movie. Uh, he shows up like over a half hour in and then doesn't really do much as yeah, a comedic yeah. character, as a comedic actor. Yeah, I do appreciate having um, the offices, Leslie, David Baker as their, their first sort of boss. But I think having Joel McHale in that role would have been a little bit stronger of having him just be the main well, cop like Neither of them really gets much to do. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's cool hearing him, uh, Stanley from the office say fuck. Like, that's really funny. But, like, it's just more of just like a sort of uh, off casting, I think. Yeah, I feel like Maya Rudolph probably has. I think she's probably the best human performance in this. Like, Melissa McCarthy is. People hate on Melissa McCarthy. I feel like she's not to blame for this. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think she's good in small doses and she's good in her moments. Yeah, she's a presence. I, I think if she was given some good material, it would she'd be fine. Uh, I like Elizabeth Banks usually, and I think she's fine in this. It's just I think it's just these character like these actors aren't really given 
an opportunity to shine comedically uh, except for Maya Rudolph I think like Maya Rudolph does like she does have a good presence in this movie uh, I like I said I don't care for the banana joke <laughs> um, considering the banana joke carried over into another scene I'm guessing that was something that was written uh, and not improvised but yeah I don't know yeah, I, I appreciate having her being like, we have our hard-boiled detective, um, what's his name? Um, yeah, uh, Philip Phillips. Yeah, yeah, Philip is like a hard-nosed detective. Oops, sorry. Knocked over something. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate having her be like that contrast of like a, the sort of dizzy, but also very capable, like security head that sort of helps, sorry, secretary that helps sort of advance like their uh, their case and everything. I, I, I don't know, she, she's just really good at like sort of like visually fitting that role and i think that's what kind of goes into a lot of the like the casting here is like they're looking for like a particular look and i think yeah they're like melissa mccarthy's physicality helps sell a lot of these jokes of just like yeah it's like she's kind of like passed out on this couch and like there's just snacks everywhere or i don't know just those th things kind of worked for me um i really appreciate um michael mcdonald as like the ceo who's like just very racist against puppets he's talking about like it's like I have some puppet servants at home and they get really uppity. It's just like, yeah. just like his, so his, deli his delivery, <laughs> the delivery of it is just so fucking funny. I think that's the stuff that really stuck out to me is like the fact that, yeah, the one blue puppet is like bleaching his skin. Yeah. And like, it's like to be more accepted. And I don't know, just those little jokes and just really fucking work. He's bleaching his skin white. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. like he's yes. making a decision about which color to bleach his skin. Yes, absolutely. Yes, or, yeah. I guess this whole thing is only one way, but which like, way to color skin? <laughs> yes, he's 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 going from a darker blue to a lighter hue of blue, and he's doing it to, for very clear reasons. And yeah, I just love all of those kind of things. And yeah, there are some moments there, yeah, like uh, Fortune Feimster kind of shows up, and like her moments, like, oh yeah, like I know you, like I recognize you from the show, but like it doesn't kind of go. Like she could have had more jokes there, but it doesn't kind of really go like go go anywhere from there. Even Jimmy Yo Yang is casted as like a I cop. Just, I forgot about that. I'm looking at yeah. the cast list now. And that to me is another example of like, it feels like they threw in some funny actors hoping to get some, some uh, material and yeah. they just didn't know how to use them. Yeah. Or they're just too busy trying to just puppeteer these puppets. Yeah. So there's not room to just improv on set. I mean, maybe, and like, maybe they shot like hours and hours of material and they just trimmed it all down in the edit. I don't know. Yeah. Which is probably for the best. There's yeah. obviously there's an unrated version of this movie, but I'm sure it's just like more like just more them saying fuck and more just like puppet nudity or whatever. But yeah, as far as like puppet jokes, I think there's a lot of really good gags. I like when we find a goofer. He's been murdered and he's on the beach, and then they tell them like, like you don't want to look at this. You just look away, and then they ring him out like a towel. And I was just like, yeah, that's just like really fucking visual. It's like, yeah, it's like ringing this puppet out on the beach, and I don't know, just the stuff like that just really, really worked for me. Um, a, a gag I appreciated that's kind of silly is when they're like working their way to like this really rundown building and they're both like on the opposite sides and they're trying to communicate silently through lips and she's like i can't read your lips you're a oh, fucking yeah. puppet and, I just, <laughs> and it's like her delivery is, is just really good and you know there's little moments like that that sort of stick out but overall it's, it gets really crass and there are moments where it's like yeah it's like it's just just sex and drugs and like i feel like a lot of the like the transgressive stuff is kind of it's kind of weighted towards the front and so yeah. like it doesn't climax in this like sort of shocking <laughs> like crass way um it feels like we get a lot of that stuff out of the way at the first crime scene which is a porn shop um, yeah yeah it's like after the porn shop and then, and then, then after, the, like, the scene yeah yeah <laughs> and then like the drug deal kind of when they infiltrate after that like big shootout then it sort of fizzles down a little bit i do appreciate having Phillips dangling in the airplane jet. I thought that was oh, yeah. a nice a nice moment. So yeah, so he's he's in danger. Like these puppets are can get torn to shreds. And so I, I like that. And yeah, and also we get a pubic hair joke that is relevant to the plot. Yes. <laughs> and the plot hinges it's actually on pretty good. Like yeah. I I don't even think it's as good as a joke. I think it's just like good as a reveal. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's like good for the purposes of plot. <laughs> Yeah, that that's the moment I was like, bravo. Like, good job, happy timer. Yeah, it's like, good job. <laughs> like, you laid a clue right there in front of us, and you made it important for the <laughs> for advancing the um, the the mystery. Um, yeah, so I I don't know. I I think 
just those things alone sort of all uh, sorry not alone those things sort of combine to give me at least a, a baseline admiration just for the things that this sort of movie does and then yeah like you mentioned in the credits we get this nice little behind the scenes moment where they sort of reveal how a lot of these things were done and i really i really like that because it sort of yeah, shows how how like this technology has kind of progressed and I'll, I'll mention it at the end of the episode but i watched the 2011 muppets movie this week also and this came out like seven years after that and so mm-hmm. it's interesting to see there is a little bit of a, a progression to with the puppeteering and how they green screen and key out yeah. the puppeteers and yeah we get a lot of like full shots of phil and just like full body shots of these puppets and well some when shots are seen headshots yeah which i feel like is a sin <laughs> like this is puppeteering. Um, yeah so uh you might have to point them out because i don't really remember uh, well i was I, I was reading that well like initially when i was watching it i was like is that a cg puppet like did they like cg the body of a puppet like that why are they doing that that feels like uh you know cheap opposed <laughs> to like the whole idea of puppets it's um, like Brian Henson, you're directing this movie. <laughs> and then, like, they show us that in the uh, behind the scenes during the credits, like, there's people being green screened, people in green suits being, like, uh, edited out so that we have the full body puppet. But then I was reading in the trivia that, like, no, I, there, there are CG puppets and, like, usually in, like, wider shots and stuff. Like, um, okay. there might be a, a puppeteered puppet. Uh, doing something they edit the people out they edit the puppeteers out and then they might add some more like cg puppets around them or something okay um, but yeah i don't know maybe there's a tasteful way of doing it this isn't an argument for me to have this is an argument for the puppet community to have yeah <laughs> yeah i wonder what the puppet community thinks about the puppeteering right? <laughs> the hens yeah yeah i mean like so i guess the, the, like the biggest people in that community probably worked on this movie so <laughs> yeah honestly yeah. Yeah, and I also just like the visual of like when they're having shootouts and these headshots are happening. There's just fluff yeah, kind fluff of flying there. That's and, cool. yeah, and then also the yeah, just I don't know, just those little things help sort of make this movie just like you said, like a little bit better than expected, and certainly not just like a detestable, completely worthless yeah. movie. I think it was like a fine movie. <laughs> yeah. It's not a movie I'm going to recommend to anyone um it is a tough sell i think well i think i would recommend meet the feebles over this i know you said you lean more towards this than meet the feebles but i think meet the feebles at least as like like meet the feebles as at least extreme like it is not sure. like it yeah. had there's a certain novelty and extremity where it's like you have to see this because i don't I'm, okay no one has to see this but like it is worth watching because why how how does this exist yeah, it's so like you get to see a puppet Vietnam, and it's yeah, it's very fucked up. It, it, there, it, there is a certain tastelessness in it that make it a uh, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, fuck, I can't think of it. <laughs> no, it's cool, but spectacle. I think it, it, yes, yes, <laughs> it is a yeah. spectacle. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know. We've mentioned before that. Um, the the biggest crime is to be boring and i think that's what this sort of suffers from it's like when you have like those improv kind of moments and the lesser moments where they're sort of just kind of just joking around essentially and just kind of saying fuck yous back and forth and that's where it sorts of like yeah, whack like, yeah, a little okay, bit whatever. it's like if every joke could be as well thought out and played out as our um basic instinct gag if, if they could all be at that same level then it would be like this is like very very clever but yeah it's, it's just like a, a solid functioning kind of puppet movie with like yeah it's just just gritty and just like you know solid enough to sort of work and yeah it, it's nice having just yeah these little moments of like puppets do, being debaucherous but yeah it's not as extreme or as noteworthy as yeah. meet the feebles so I, I might reel that back a little bit yeah meet the feebles is certainly like noteworthy in the way that how over the top it gets yeah it's like if the best jokes in this movie so like <coughs> The I found the murder weapon and it's a little dog. That's one of my favorite jokes in this movie. If that was one of the weakest jokes in this movie, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it, yeah, this movie, like yeah, the plot, conversation, the right. plot isn't strong enough to stand on its own. Although you know, you, I'm sure you could do sort of like a, a rough and tough uh, detective noir story with puppets, um, but uh, 
it, yeah, it needs solid laughs to sustain itself, and there just weren't enough of them here. Um, so it's just it's just weak. It's not it's not terrible. It's not bad. It's not uh, it, it's not offensively bad. It's just it's just a weak movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, well said. Yeah, and I I was really excited to see Joel McHale. Yeah, he's an actor I really admire. But yeah, it seemed like the, the material is just not that strong. To sort of lift it up to that point. Yeah, yeah. Like him and Elizabeth, Elizabeth Banks. Like each when each of them showed up, I was like, wait a minute, they're in this. Yeah. Uh, and then nothing really happened with either of their characters. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I called it out like immediately while I was watching it. I was like, oh, we get the shot of well, the, sorry, we our first scene is a murder, and then we get the shot of like the Happy Time crew doing the intro to their show, and I was just like, all right, Elizabeth Banks is the villain clearly. Like, I just <laughs> called that out immediately, and I was right. And, but yeah, I, I was kind of happy that they do a, at least a little bit of a fake out when they blow up her car and they yeah. just have like a like an actual corpse inside the car burning. Yeah. I was like, oh shit! Like okay, it's like, like surely the police would have. <laughs> there's a body here. Either there's a body yeah. here or there's not. <laughs> like, yeah, he just like runs away. How does this he just, work? He just escapes the scene of the crime. But yeah, just the casting is is really strong. Um, but yeah, sort of middle of the ground. Yeah. Oh, this this might be maybe it would be better in the Netflix era if this was like a straight to streaming thing. Um, yeah, I can imagine going to the theater and seeing this. That's why I was just like, this seems so strange to me that it kind of sort of showed up a little bit late. Twenty eighteen seems like a really odd year for this to come out. Um, well, yeah, I remember. So I was looking because of that asshole says what joke. I was like, when did Wayne's World come out? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. oh, ninety two. It's twenty five years before. Um, I don't know, that made the 2018 really stand out to me. It's like, this is like a pretty recent movie. COVID erased two years of our lives, so this feels even more recent. Um, yeah, when I was looking up about this, they're like, yeah, they showed the Red Band trailer for this movie in front of Deadpool, Deadpool. 2. I was like, oh, Deadpool I was two, like, not yeah, even, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not Deadpool 1, Deadpool 2. And I was like, yeah. that's, yeah, even closer to where we are right now. And so, yeah, I just, that sort of goes into why I picked it, because I was like, yeah, this seems like just a strange... It came like, and went. <laughs> yeah, it's like this weird appendage towards the end of this like puppet, this obsession where, yeah, it's just very far removed. And now we're about to have like another kind of little mini renaissance with more. There's a, n- a new Muppet show that got announced, so there's going to be some more stuff. There's a new one. Yeah, I, t- I talked about this on the last episode. There's like a Doctor Teeth show. Uh, okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we'll so see. that that'll be that'll be kind of fun. I'm telling you, but have them, yeah. have them. Okay. Have them host the Oscars. Like, what are, what else can we do with the Muppets? I feel like we've had this conversation before, but like, how can we make how can we bring the Muppets into, you know, the twenty twenties? Yeah, you and have I them. have been tasked <laughs> with with figuring this out. Yeah, have them host the Oscars and also have them sing all of the songs that are <laughs> that are nominated for best song. So like, don't have. Uh, Billie Eilish or Beyonce show up just have Miss Piggy do it instead. well I think I think you do have the artists show up but they're accompanied by Muppets okay okay yeah that'd, um, that'd be good. because you still need that draw of those big names I think maybe you give Kermit his own talk show um, yeah yeah and you have Fozzie on the chair as a sidekick he Fozzie is his Andy Richter that would be great I would really enjoy Dr. that Dr. Teeth is the house band obviously um, yeah. and then you do like the typical uh, talk show format of like, you know, monologue, sketch, interview, sketch, interview. You could even have, uh, like musical. Kermit on the street, like have him just go out. Oh my out, gosh! There you like, go. Yeah. Bring Triumph in. Yeah. <laughs> Kermit and Triumph. Yeah, that yeah, a duo we we desperately need in our lives. Triumph and Kermit. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I, yeah. There's just. A lot of richness there, and yeah, I was feeling that vibe while watching the 2011 version, where there was a lot of things that I wanted to happen in that movie that sort of is steered away from, and yeah, I don't know, they're more focused on just a, a cleaner, more cinematic kind of storytelling thing. Yeah. I don't know, they're, like the whole ragtag sketch comedy vaudeville type of Muppet thing is a little bit more. Like, well, I think story. I remember because like Frank Oz wasn't a part of that one, was he? No. Um, yeah, because I think I remember reading that like he was presented that script and he was like, "This isn't the type of thing we do," and then he just passed on it. 
Yeah, and it feels like that. Uh, I we sort of are easing into the, this other thing, but yeah, it really was strange while watching it because I was like very sad while watching it, and it's just, mm. it has a, a, a through line that is very melancholy in a ways that the other movies have, but there there's just more vibrancy around those moments where this is more of like a modern movie and it's it lays on those emotional beats a lot heavier yeah. than I was expecting to. And I need to see it. I never saw it. I wanted to see it in theaters, and then it just got away from me. Yeah, I feel bad. My Disney Plus expired on Tuesday, and I yeah, I was happily was able to get that last one in before it went away. And also, Obi Wan. Or no, I mean, if there's anything you want, I'll I'll give you my password. It's fine. Oh, I appreciate <laughs> it. Definitely um, appreciate it. Yeah. What else? Okay. Well, now I'm trying to think of what else the Muppets could do. <laughs> I think we said Disney Plus show. Where every episode is just a take on, yeah, just have them, just have them, oh yeah, the the Disney movies, that's what it was. It was like, have them do Pinocchio, have them do Snow White, have them do Alice in Wonderland, all that stuff. Yeah, have them do Hercules. Do the hits. Kermit as Hercules. Yeah, Yeah, and every episode you have a guest star where it's, you know, a celebrity playing the one human role. Maybe you have like a house group of humans too, where it's like recurring human actors and like the one more famous actor uh, is the celebrity guest. Yeah, I would also I think throw this idea out there: the idea of like just more specific send ups and parodies, like a True Detective Muppet oh, kind boy. of thing, or, like, <laughs> or something just like save that for more the to- as a talk show sketch. That's a little that's a little dark. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I would really enjoy just that, even if it was like five minutes and just one thing. I, it, that would be a good addition to have to just that that like when you have a, a the sketch comedy setup, you have those abilities just to go and do. A, a dark, grim detour like that, or like a Muppet version of Saw, I think that would be fucking oh, hilarious. Gosh. It's just like, <laughs> like a Muppet uh, unable to get out of a trap and just getting torn to shreds. I'm going to cut his own leg off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and have, have Kermit be, be Jigsaw. <laughs> oh, gosh. And he can even come in on the bike. It'd be perfect. No, they would never have Kermit as Jigsaw. <laughs> they would, like, come up with their own Muppet version of Jigsaw. You can't take a beloved character and make him the villain like that. No, I think you have to take a beloved character and make <laughs> him the villain like that. I want a Muppet version of God of War. I want, I want Kratos. Okay. <laughs> Maybe you do Fozzie as Pinhead. <laughs> like... <laughs> oh my god. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, putting them in more extreme conditions would be really Oh, how about a Muppet version of the thing? The thing. Oh, that would be beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I would just love the puppeteering on that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you can get really, really oh creative. Oh, my gosh. Rolf as the dog <laughs> yeah. that gets turned into the thing? Oh, goodness. <laughs> All right. The, the Jim Henson Company, we're, we're doing your job for yeah. you at this point. We're giving you gold. You're just wasting it by not listening to this podcast. Uh, yeah, I would love to have a, a Muppet JRPG. That'd be really nice. Kingdom Hearts Muppets. Very, very dramatic. And they, they might show Muppets up. Muppets are they, part they, of Disney. Yeah, they, they could do it. They could show up. I don't think I'll Kingdom play Hearts Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom 3.2 or whatever. I don't think I'm going to play another Kingdom Hearts game, but it would be really nice to see that. I played Kingdom Hearts 1 when I first started college. Really enjoyed it. Or maybe I was like exiting high school. I really enjoyed it. And then I remember like years later loading up Kingdom Hearts 2 in college. And I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. what are these anime characters talking? I don't care about this shit. Like, yeah. Two is where it sort of gets way more convoluted. But I love one because, yeah, I, I played that a little bit earlier. It was a little younger when playing it. And it just, the, it really lines up with, like, it's Sora. He thinks his world is on this island. And then he sort of yeah. has to take this journey. Just, like, his entire world opens up. And that's like adolescence essentially and it's just yeah it's nice seeing how they incorporate all these different properties and there's a novelty to it and then two it feels like oh they're trying to tell this like really emotional stories and i'm just like i i think i'm too old to care (laughs) about this like yeah that happened to me during three because i was really excited about three and i was playing that and it was just like there is no amount of weed that can make me get through that because it was just really just slow cutscenes combined with like 
gameplay that just wasn't as satisfying as it was in the beginning. And so, yeah, I was just like, you know what? It's cool. I'll return it. And I actually got like 45 bucks for it. I was really oh, happy. Nice. That I, <laughs> yeah, I was like, damn, GameStop, you actually came through. I think I bought uh, Modern Warfare 2, like played the uh, the the level where you just murder a bunch of civilians. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no rushing. Yeah, played some uh, multiplayer, and then I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, speaking of that, I, I've been doing the Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, this week, and you've talked about the gameplay. It's all, I really yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, I also really enjoyed the gameplay. I wanted to know what you thought about like the cutscenes and like the pacing of everything else besides the gameplay, though, which is like another massive part of the game. I mean, it's hard to say now because I've taken a long break from it. Um, I remember feeling fine. I think maybe I I, I I would guess that I took a long break from it because it was starting to drag. Like, I gotcha. know that this is like the first of three games that I, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it's three games that they have planned yeah. for Final Fantasy VII. So it's like the fact that they're stretching the story out to be like 120 hours of gameplay or some <laughs> shit like that. It's like, do we do we need to do that? Like the gameplay is yeah. not going to change too much. So I'm going to be effectively doing like the same button patterns and shit while I'm navigating these, uh, you know, encounters. Yeah. And it, the gameplay would only get better as the party expands. Once you get like the more, the like once the cooler characters start showing up and it's like, oh, I get like a wolf and a vampire and like a, shit i don't know uh, about all that uh, stuff really <laughs> sorry sorry spoilers um there's <laughs> no a no max... i'm excited now <laughs> um yeah so basically after like cloud barrett tifa yeah yeah Cl after cloud barrett tifa and Aerith, the sort of the cast expands out to like another five wait, or six wait, okay i think you did people. spoil something for me i knew sorry. i think i knew Aerith died i didn't know about tifa no, I didn't say that. I didn't oh, say, okay, no, that does, okay. that does not happen. Oh, okay, that does okay. not happen. I say the, the, the cast expands out a lot more, just where a lot more people get involved, and that's when the game becomes just way more fun because there's just like, then it's like, oh, we have like a really ragtag group of just like rebels here to take yeah. down Shinra. It's like, it's like less like, okay, Cloud is super sad, but like there's a, a, a cat on top of like a stuffed animal. So like, this is just like, it's way more whimsical and, and fun. I was going to ask how far you got in the remake. Um, if you remember. so spoilers for, uh, Final Fantasy VII, very old game, but I'm, I'm looking up like a the character list cause I'm trying to remember who's dead, but it was basically like Barrett's whole crew has died. Okay. Yeah. After Avalanche. Yeah. Yeah. So that's as far as I got. Hold on. I gotta let this dog out because he's actually... Okay. Good pause moment. So, um, on my desk as a collector's item, I have my original copy Damn. of Final Fantasy 7 <laughs> from PS1 and I think it's really funny that this game is on three discs and then they're yeah. breaking up the remake into three different I guess games. that makes sense okay <laughs> I know it makes money that's what it, <laughs> it does yeah yeah the it's game because like, people have been waiting forever for this game to get a remake yeah honestly I got it during the pandemic and no shame. I literally was brought to tears during the the opening cinematic yeah. when they just show you Midgar and they just show you like this huge zoom out. And I was just like, yeah, this reminds me of what it was like to be like 10 or 11 and playing this for the first time. And yeah, I, I sort of stepped away from it for a while. And now that I'm like, I'm like sort of getting to the point where I'm almost towards the end, I'm like at a, a really big chapter at the moment. And it's like the last big hub kind of area before you sort of make the, the fast run towards the, the finale and yeah. i like i don't know if i'm gonna do parts two or three just because of how slow the cutscenes kind of tend to be but like the action and the gameplay is so good that i just, I'm just it's addictive and i just have to fucking play it every night i mean yeah I, i'm gonna play them all i'm in for the long call um like the cutscenes, i like it, it is so back in the day it, it felt like the cutscenes were kind of a reward for playing it was yeah. like, and I feel like, I, I think that's kind of how I'm trying to treat it. It's like, oh yeah, I played this stuff, now I get to watch a scene. Um, I'm advancing the story, and advancing a story feels like a reward, because the story's worthwhile, and the characters are worthwhile. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not as bad as, like, Kingdom Hearts 3, where it's like, like I've played the, at least the main games in that series, and tried to watch YouTube videos to, to sort of prime myself with the story, but still, it's just like, you're getting hit with, like, five to ten like not exaggeration yeah. like five keep to it short between stuff yeah and it's just insane but 
with Final Fantasy, it works more because the story's a lot darker, way more simple for the most part, and the characters look great. And like, the, the designs look, just look gorgeous. And, like, the moments of levity, like, the moments where... of sweetness, like... Yeah. It's it's effective. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I think a lot of that's the music. Like, the music does a lot of heavy lifting, I think, in these games. Yeah. I, I agree. It's just, yeah, I, I felt myself getting, feeling a little, like, grumpy old man while playing it. I was just like, I, I think I'm getting a little too old for these ones, but I'll stick it out for the sake of this game, because it's just so much a part of my life. Let the dog back in. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, like, the game for me that first, like, kind of blew my mind as a kid was Ocarina of Time. And, like, that game, it got, like, a, a remaster on Ninten- on uh, the 3DS, but, like, I wonder if Nintendo will ever do, like, a major remake of that where they just like redo every temple and make it like way more intricate and larger and redo the world map but like try and preserve the structure of that game and also the narrative yeah that would be nice yeah yeah like i yeah but the zelda was weird because like i played majora's mask first and so i played that one and was like enjoying it for the gameplay of it but like story-wise being like i don't i'm really lost i don't really this isn't really clicking and then playing over in a time was just really really refreshing like oh yeah this is why everybody loves like legend of zelda yeah. right now and i think it holds up like i played it yeah. i like ocarina of time it gave me a weird sensation where like when i first played it, i was like 10 years old in fifth grade and then i replayed it in college on an emulator and i had this feeling where it was sort of like revisiting your childhood bedroom and finding everything where it was. Like I was solving the puzzles in the exact same way that I had solved puzzles before. I was having the same Eureka moments, the same realizations that I had when I was 10 years old. And there's an interesting phenomenon where it's like, uh, those same Eureka moments, those same realizations, those same explorations of space are things that people have had worldwide. And so, like, I have this same childhood memory that other children have had all over the fucking world, which is pretty cool. Yeah, (laughs) Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I feel like video games kind of... Because they're something that you are an active participant in, in terms of experiencing, uh, you're poking around, you're coming to realizations... um, it feels like this collective memory, which is pretty special. Yeah, yeah I feel that way with like the Pokemon games because, like yeah. I said, I was sort of playing Zelda out of order. But with Pokemon, I was Pokemania, very, very much dialed in with like what everyone. I was trying to be like cutting edge, being like, "No, I got like the Mew Pokemon before other kids." I was trying to be yeah. like, "We all ahead tried of figuring <laughs> out what was going on with that truck by SSN." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, luckily I, w- I went to a, a vacation where they were having a Pokemon tournament, like a car tournament, and one of the rewards at just for participation was they gave you a Mew, and so they... Oh, yeah, like holographic? To, uh, no, in the game. Like, they oh, traded you okay. one in the game. Okay. Yeah. Fuck. That was, like, one of the ways. <laughs> yeah, man, had to get on a plane and just, like, you know, just travel across the country like Thomas <laughs> did, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think you could use a Game Shark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then completely just crippled the game. It's like if you like those uh those codes, like those game sharks like getting missing no and all this stuff is just like that is so ingrained into my mind. Oh, yeah. It's just like, oh yeah, like now this game is unplayable because I've I, I gave myself too many I never rare caught candies. Missing <laughs> no. If you catch missing no, that's what fucks it up. If you yeah, just I use did, missing def- no to clone items, then you're fine. No, yeah, I definitely caught him and yeah, did all sorts of shenanigans and I know, just I lost my save file because uh, I was cloning where it's like you're you're uh, doing a trade and then you turn off your Game Boy midway through the trade. Yeah, yeah. You, you keep your Pokemon, <laughs> they keep their Pokemon, uh, but they also receive your Pokemon. Um, I lost my save file and it like destroyed me because I was like, I had beaten the game. I was basically almost at 150 um put tens and dozens and dozens of hours into this game and i remember and like a ton of money on batteries because like (laughs) it was a fucking game boy 
And I remember like going to my bedroom, going <laughs> to uh, my drawer where I kept all my cash, getting out a wad of cash and just dropping it on my parents' dresser. Cause I was like ashamed thinking about like all the money they spent on like batteries and stuff oh, for wow. me in this game. The guilt and, of and, like, and it was all gone. It was all for nothing. Cause I lost my save file. Uh, and then I remember my parents he, overhearing my parents discovering it, being like, where did all this money come from? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. So when you were doing those trays, were you doing with like other people? Or... Yeah. Neighborhood kids. I had a link cable. I was the only kid on the block with a link cable. So young Thomas, I had a link cable, but I had two Game Boys. I had the old fat Damn. brick, the brick gray one. You, and then high roller. And then a, a Game Boy Color. So I was doing that with myself. I was just like, yo, I'm going to fucking get 150. There's no way I'm not yeah. going to have 150. On both. But, red and yeah, blue but, no i didn't have i didn't have blue. Uh, yeah yeah I did, I, I did i think i did have blue yeah. yeah yeah but yeah once i got to that like 140 range then yeah the glitch got too much or something happened and then it was just it was just okay. done and i was just yeah. like man like the, like the, the lengths we went to to, yeah, <laughs> to get boy. those those evolutions. war stories <laughs> yeah another uh fun memory i have is okay so in uh red blue and yellow yeah pretty sure in all of them the way that they would indicate that your Pokemon has poison is that the screen would flash. It was like it would go yeah. like black, sort of. I thought that the batteries were dying, so I would, oh. every time that would happen, oh I'd replace God. the batteries. You're I was just throwing away good batteries, batteries. <laughs> just burning through batteries as a kid. I was like, "What am I doing?" Yeah, just Pokemon memories just burned into my yeah. mind. Oh boy. All right, so what are you watching lately? <laughs> this um, has like been a very interesting yeah. episode. We've never had yeah. an episode where we just kind of like meander. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um, like I said, I've watched The Muppets 2011. It was really, really sad. Yeah. Um, I think their version of Rainbow Connection in the context of the movie is really, really good. I think they that's like the part they absolutely nailed. Yeah, Jason Segel's good. I, I think you know, it's like a, a solid movie. I'm still curious about Muppets Most Wanted. I might watch that tonight. But um, yeah, good, you know, f funny movie. I think the cameos could have been a little bit better. I'm doing a really bad job of selling it, but I, I know I, I think it is worth a watch. Um, it is there's some good stuff in there, but like I say, I think we've sort of gotten a little away from like puppet based jokes, like the gags based on what the puppets can be doing and how we can make this puppeteering creative. Yeah. And it, and there it's more just like verbal jokes and just yeah. like sight gags and stuff like that. And, Where does it uh, rank? for you amongst the Muppet movies? Um, that's a good question. I think I still want to watch Muppets Most Wanted to really make a decision, but I think I would put it below the, like, the ones we've talked about. Like, I oh, still, really? Okay. Yeah, I, I still think the Muppet movie is great. Great Muppet Caper is solid, and I'm, like, I'm a fan of Christmas Carol and Treasure Island. I think all of those do a lot of things that I enjoyed more than, like, it's all about, like, putting the crew together and them kind of going against like really difficult a big challenge like they have to make like 10 million dollars or something like that it's just yeah. like a lot of it is just like them kind of being sad and not together and so yeah know, it, <laughs> that it, sounds it, like shit <laughs> it, there's good stuff in this movie like i, I appreciate it my boy uh, donald glover shows up in it so i like his his cameo is really funny um but yeah i don't know it's 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 kind of strange um that and then also want to give a shout out to the adam stanley movie hustle i watched that uh, the other day a nice good feel good basketball movie about him like, coaching this player he like sort of finds from spain um this is really good kind of like sports movie and i, I just really enjoyed that like i say the our last episode was on wednesday the warriors won the world champion on thursday so been in a little bit of a basketball mood and it was a nice a nice, you know, Adam Sandler movie. I think he's in a, a really awesome point in his career where he can sort of deliver these really solid, subdued performances. And you know, the cast is great. It's like him and Queen Latifah and this other basketball player named Wancho something. I forget his last name, but his first name is Wancho, Spanish player. And he's you know, a solid performance. Not like anything to write home about, but like he, he does, he does a good job. And the basketball is photographed really well. Um, yeah, what have you been watching this week? I have not been watching much. I'm kind of like wondering why. I think I last week I had a couple work events, and then over the weekend I went and visited family. Um, but I did start this game called Donut County. Have you heard of Donut County? 
No. Um, so it's a game, I think maybe one guy made it, because every time you start the game, it says a game by, and then the guy's name. Um, <laughs> but it's basically, it's kind of like Katamari Damacy, where Katamari Damacy, you're rolling a ball up, collecting small objects until you collect enough, and your ball gets big enough that you can collect bigger objects. Um, yeah. So it's all just about like navigating which objects you can collect. This is very similar, where it's um, you see a scene, some sort of like you know, a scene of someone at a campground or something like that, a campsite, and you control a hole in the ground, and you go around moving this hole around, absorbing objects, like letting objects huh. drop into this hole. And as jo objects drop into the hole, the hole gets bigger until you okay. can until you can consume everything uh, in the scene. <laughs> Um, and so the whole game is about like I guess an entire town has been sucked into a hole and they all blame this raccoon and they're all sitting around a campfire talking about why the raccoon is responsible and it's very <laughs> silly um, it's very light it's kind of relaxing in a way <laughs> destroying this town um, yeah. yeah my biggest regret of my PS2 era was never buying Katamari I like played a demo it's, of it, and I, I was like, "Oh, this is this is great." But yeah, just never playing more than like thirty minutes of it because yeah, it's so good, such a great game. We have a double vinyl of the soundtrack, and it is our <laughs> most played vinyl. <laughs> it is our most played record. The treads are gone on the record. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a it is a hit in the Corona household. I believe it. Yeah, that and Okami were two games where I was like, "Those look awesome." But like, why am I not like, why am I just playing fucking NFL Blitz over and over again? Like, those games look really cool. Okami, I played on the PS2. I didn't finish it. I got it on the Switch, the HD version or whatever. Oh, cool. The HD is very minor. It is a very, very, very minor upgrade over the PS2 version. Um, it feels like they just added added anti-aliasing and like maybe increased the resolution slightly. Um, yeah. But. Uh, it is a much longer game than I expected. I still haven't beaten it. <laughs> um, it's just like, you feel like you're wrapping up the story and that it's going to be kind of a short game. And then it's like, oh no, that's kind of chapter one. Like the rest of the game is now available to you. Um, so yeah, I, 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 that's a game I need to revisit and finish. Uh, it was very good though. It, it's very reminiscent of like, you know, Ocarina of Time a little bit and like yeah. that era of like Zelda. Yeah, when I go back to Korea, I'm looking forward to putting a lot of games on my Switch because I didn't take it the first time. I took a lot of camera equipment and a lot of music equipment, so I was like, I'm not going to take the Switch, but when I go back, I'm just going to make it a, a Final Fantasy machine. I'm going to put Final Fantasy 8 and 10 on there and some other stuff, and just had to be the portable I'm waiting, JRPG machine. I'm waiting to get that Steam Deck, dude. Like... Uh, is that like their portable? That's their, yeah, it looks like a Nintendo Switch. Um, oh, but it's like, okay. it's a bit bigger which it's a bit bigger and the battery is a lot worse um, <laughs> but you can play like god of war on that shit you can play elden ring on that um okay. you'll only be able to play for like an hour and a half before the battery dies but like i gotta i gotta charge a cable next to the couch so i can just like lay on the couch plug it in i gotta charge a cable yeah. next to my bed to charge my phone i can plug that in yeah i can see the appeal of that yeah. i think i like having the nintendo library available mm -hmm. as well i think that's another selling point just because i also want to play the um link link's awakening remake that oh, looked yeah. like i played that they read yeah because um, i've never played it yeah i so you have a regular switch not a switch Lite, right yes um with the drifting joy cons okay uh i have a copy of link's awakening i let it a friend borrow it but if i can get that back then i'll let you borrow it for sure if not it's okay um going to be out of the country in like a month and a half so yeah, yeah um yeah final fantasy 7 remake was another thing i sort of mentioned before but yeah i'm like almost getting towards the end of it yeah i've been having a lot of fun playing that i've been picking that back up again since they released a uh the ps5 upgrade for people who own the ps plus version so did you get the yeah, ps5 I... upgrade so i don't think i did that so basically i'm playing it on the ps5 and i'm using the disc version of the ps4 okay i'm not sure how it works with the disc version you should look into it though but i think i know yeah they released some sort of upgrade free for ps for the people who own final fantasy 7 so yeah yeah 
you should see if like maybe maybe what they can do is like you download the ps5 version and then you put the disc in and then it you know verifies that you own it and then it lets yeah, you play so. it transfers over the data and i mean it would be cool to sort of decrease those loading times a little bit and then yeah. also have the perks of everything and like but also I'm, i think I'm it's very slightly <laughs> sorry what is that i'm also very lazy i think it's also a slightly smaller file so okay. like if you need to free up some space that's good too however the downside is at least what i had to do was uh in the ps4 version there's like a, an option to upload save data we should cut this all out because it's just like very no, this is great. <laughs> but like you can upload the ps4 data uh, the save data and then then you have to remove the ps4 version install the ps5 version and then download the ps the save data so like okay. i just like removed the ps4 version and installed the ps5 version and i was like fuck like I assumed my save data would be here somehow and it's not you yeah, have to like yeah. manually upload it so. yeah that's what i'm a little bit worried about because i've already I, I got to a point and then gave up and so now i'm like soldiering through to sort of get past this point yeah because i like started over completely like so it's just like i don't want to start over again and also like i just know this is just knowing how long the story is like i just mm -hmm. know that like the, the more time I spend restarting is not going to happen. I'm not yeah. going to be able to finish it. But yeah. All right. All right. It seems like we're almost done with our Muppet franchise. Next week we're oh, talking about baby. Muppets. Muppets from space. Wrapping it up. I think then I'll have my definitive list. My Muppet rankings. Yeah. My power rankings of Muppet movies. But yeah. Looking forward to that. Cool. If you would like to contact us you can email us vaguezonepod at gmail.com you can tweet at us at vaguezone let us know what you think about the final fantasy 7 remake or reintegrate or all of the options they have or hey maybe you like final fantasy 15 and you think that's way better we should play that let us know definitely down to play more final fantasy games but yeah i'm tom this has been episode 90 of vague zone thank you for listening i'm thomas and i'm daniel Catch you on the next one.